0: just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Alcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and on today's podcast, we're going to recap the advanced analytics from pro football focus of the Falcons' Week 15 loss in San Francisco to the San Francisco 49ers, 31-13. to 13, Effectively... Taking the Falcons out of the playoff race. I know some of you are tired of hearing about the playoffs. You don't think this is a playoff team. I agree with you. Uh, however, technically, they were still in it uh, for better or for worse because of that seventh seed. And right now, they are still mathematically uh, capable of making the playoffs. There are some scenarios where they could still get in. Um, it's a two percent chance. And honestly, their best opportunity is is to win out and. That includes beating the Bills in Buffalo, so I I don't think we're getting there, uh, especially if they perform uh, in the rest of these games the way that they did uh, against San Francisco. I don't have to tell you, but this was not a good performance on either side of the ball. Uh, There were some guys that I thought did better, maybe, than some of these grades uh, would have indicated, but for the most part, I'm looking at these offensive grades, and they're offensive. Um, I, I really thought that uh, they had an opportunity to put up more points than this. They left a lot of points on the field, uh, clearly with the failed fourth down conversions, several of them. Uh, the first possession with the special teams uh, turnover on the kickoff uh, was felt like a, an opportunity to really get ahead in this game, and, and they squandered it, and that probably set the tone for the rest of the day. But let's get into those PFF scores. Let's talk about the offense and the guys at the top of the list. So... At the very top, played 47 out of the 59 possible snaps. Wide receiver Russell Gage, probably not a surprise. Um, he had a really, really strong day overall. He did have one drop that you know, it, it seems like with Gage, if he's having to make uh, a circus catch, he's, he's pulling it in, um, but if the ball hits him in his hands, he's dropping it and <laughs> um, And that may be why he didn't even get a a higher score than this. And I guess this tells you how the day went. The the Falcons' highest score uh, was a 78.4 from Russell Gage. Uh, Very good score, um, but no one cracked the 80s uh, at all uh, on the offense. And only two guys cracked the 70s, if that gives you an idea of how things went. Um, On that note, number two on this list, playing a total of 13 snaps out of the 59, uh, tight end Lee Smith. Had a 73.1 overall. Really, this was bolstered by his run blocking, which uh, he scored a 77.7 uh, in that aspect, but uh, solid overall game from him and limited snaps. Uh, number three, playing 48 out of the 59 possible snaps. I've seen some people saying that Kyle Pitts is barely on the field. Um, that just isn't true. <laughs> He's on the field a good bit, 40 out. He only missed 11 snaps uh, in this game. Um, And honestly, you know he's he's doing what he should be doing, especially for a rookie tight end. I don't think you guys fully appreciate the fact that uh, not only is he having to learn the position from a pass blocking and a run blocking standpoint as an inline tight end, he's having to learn it as a wide receiver, flexing out wide, going into the slot. You know, from the inline position, he, this guy is having to learn effectively every position um, outside of quarterback on the offense and center. Uh, so he is, uh, I, I think, doing an admiral job. He scored a 68.9 overall, uh, 72, 72.3 as a receiver, uh, which makes a lot of sense given the success he had on Sunday. Number four on this list, a uh, guy who's always sort of in the top five, with very few exceptions, right guard Chris Lindstrom. Played 58 out of the 59 total snaps, and he scored a 65.4 overall, um, which, again, is is a decent grade. Not great, uh, sort of a slightly above average if you want to look at it that way. And uh, right behind him at number five, left tackle, Jake Matthews. So the same guys that we're expecting on the offensive line, they're continuing to do their job for the most part. And when we get to the bottom five, none of those names are going to surprise you you probably can already figure out uh, who the two bottom names are if you watch the game um, this does not this list does not disappoint um so yeah Jake Matthews at number 5 uh Chris Lindstrom at number 4 probably the only two guys on this offensive line that going into 2022 i would say 100% comfortable with those guys remaining the starters at those positions um, in fairness Matt Hennessy in recent weeks has been Closer to the top of this list, closer to the top five, top seven, um, than he has been towards the bottom of the list. That said, you know, he's his trend right now is that he's a little bit better run blocker than a pass blocker. And I think we saw that as well on Sunday. Uh, he graded at seven uh, on this list, just for reference. All right. Top, or we, we've covered the top five guys. Let's top, talk about the bottom five guys on this list. The absolute worst graded player, playing 59 out of the 59 snaps. Right tackle, Caleb McGarry. Yeah, he had a 38.0 overall grade, um, 21 in pass blocking. One of the lowest grades we've seen all year, uh, apart from Jalen Mayfield. Um, 51.8 as a run blocker, so didn't even really get it done in that part of the game. Uh, McGarry was getting beat pretty consistently. Um, Even when they put in extra help, he was still getting beat. So, terrible game uh, from McGarry. And actually he he had been trending upwards in recent weeks, so I don't want to you know pound on him too much. Um, and this has been the story with him. It's the inconsistency. It's his inability to keep that level of play up week after week after week. He is you know capable of playing well. We've seen him play well. We've seen him play well against some good competition, you know, the Panthers last week or a good pass rushing team with Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick. And he did fairly well in that game. Uh, it, it's just we have, then Then he gives us a game like this where it just destroys your confidence in him uh, from one week to the next. And uh, yeah, the, really disappointing uh, to see him play this way. And unfortunately, right now, uh, I, I think he's going to be, unless the Falcons can find some money somewhere, uh, and I doubt they're going to spend the draft pick on, on tackle again, but Um, McGarry's probably going to be slotted in to compete at right tackle next year. All right, next up from him, also playing 59 of the 59 offensive snaps, left guard Jalen Mayfield. No surprise there. I don't think anyone is uh, shocked that he's also at the bottom of this list. 41.0 overall grade, 29.7 in pass blocking. So uh, again, just like a deep crimson red color. I wish you guys could see what I'm seeing with PFF. Uh, they color code these grades. So you can get an idea of where these guys are at. And these two guys have pass blocking grades that were just like crimson red. It's like alarmingly bad is the way to think of that. And yeah, Jalen Mayfield uh, stunk it up. Uh, I think there was a snapshot of one of the plays where uh, you, you see several guys getting through the line of scrimmage and Mayfield is blocking ghosts. There's no one around him. And that's sort of what we saw uh, several times throughout the, the San Francisco game. So um, I know there are others who are saying this, um, I'm going to throw, you know, my two cents in. I, I think the Falcons have to consider benching him with the way he has been playing. Um, he is, you know, th- one of the touchdowns was, uh, one of the potential touchdowns, pardon me, uh, a wide open Tajay Sharp that Ryan was trying to throw to was disrupted because, uh, Mayfield not only didn't block his guy, he didn't touch his guy. I don't think he even laid hands on him. It wasn't that he got beat is that he whiffed so badly. The guy walked right past him. I don't know how you do that. Um, uh, It's actually a little bit impressive that you could be so bad at something that you can't even get a hand on a player. So uh, yeah, he has become without a doubt. He's our worst offensive lineman. I don't think it's close. And you know, you could argue McGarry's second fine, but at least uh, McGarry has had moments where he's looked really good. Mayfield, for the most part, has been bad. Um, he's had one or two games where he's he's been competent, um, but the rest has been bad. And I think there are some big conversations to be had within the Falcons organization going into 2022 about that left guard position. I, I don't know that you can just hope that Mayfield takes a huge step forward. Uh, and a huge step forward would probably still put him only as a competent starter. Um, yeah, and and that's a big bet, uh, especially when you're trying to rebuild this offense. Um, th- so I don't know if you can do that. All right, third up on the list. First time we're seeing this name sort of at the bottom of the list for the Falcons, and that's Cordero Patterson, 36 of the 59 snaps, uh, 42.0 overall grade. Uh, I, I think if you saw the game, it, it this makes a little bit of sense. I, again, I, I don't feel like he really got great run blocking, but Mike Davis uh, was a little bit more successful on the ground. Um, Patterson just couldn't seem to get it going in this game. Um, and it, it's going to happen. This is like the first game uh, of the year for him where that was the case. So uh, certainly not going to beat up on him for that, but interesting to see him show up on this list. Um, fourth from the bottom tight end, Hayden Hurst 24 of the 59 possible snaps, 51.9 overall grade. Also quite terrible in pass blocking uh, 38.2 for his efforts there. Uh, a little bit frustrating to see that from him. And finally, fifth from the bottom. Uh, this is a little bit weird, but Colby Gossett, and they have him listed at left tackle. He only played four snaps, graded 52.5. Honestly, Gossett is someone that I think the Falcons should take a look at um, at replacing Mayfield at left guard. I know there are others that feel the same way. And it's not that Gossett's going to be you know a world beater. It's just that you know is, could he be that much worse? Than, than Mayfield, you've got to try something at this point, right? Um, so yeah, Gossett, uh, fifth on the list. Next up from him, as far as guys that had significant stats, was wide receiver Tajay Sharp with a 52.9. All right, where did some of our key players land? Matt Ryan was eighth on this list, um, 61.5 overall grade, uh, 63.9 as a passer, 52 as a runner. <laughs> um, yeah, if Matt Ryan's having to run, the, the things are just going so poorly. Um, let's see here. Mike Davis was right behind him at nine with a 60.7 overall grade. 72.4 as a pass blocker though. So good on Mike Davis, um, for doing his job there. Uh, Other than that, that is how the Falcons offense fared against the 49ers, um, in week 15. Uh, let's talk about the defense, who stood out, the guys we can count on the guys that stunk it up. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void hip Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. I'm here recapping the advanced stats coming out of uh, the Falcons' loss to the 49ers. 31-13 to in San Francisco. Falcons dropped to 6-8. and eight, um, And at this point... Their playoff hopes are all but gone. 2% chance at this point going forward to get in, and that includes having to win on the road in Buffalo against the Bills. Um, so we talked about the offense in the first half. Let's talk about what the defense did. And frankly, the name at the top of this list, not going to be a surprise. Um, he is, in my opinion, uh, lined up not just for Pro Bowl nods. This guy, uh, I said it last week, I'm going to say it again. Uh, and I'm hesitant to keep giving him praise because I feel like I'm going to jinx him. Um, it's cornerback A.J. Terrell, uh, 57 of the 57 snaps, uh, 77.8 overall grade, 79.2 in coverage. Um, he was targeted three times. He allowed one reception for nine yards. I mean, guys, this it's getting ridiculous. This is... You know, most corners, if you have a corner and they're allowing, you know, a reception percentage of 50 to 55 percent, that's really good. Um, AJ is allowing, uh, I think, 45 percent on the year uh, receptions against his targets. The yards per reception are stupid low. Um, I think it's best or second best in the league. Um, Just the sheer number of times people are just looking in the other direction. AJ Terrell um, is through 13 games, the Falcons have played 14 and he missed one of them through 13 games in this second season is, uh, in my opinion, deserves an all pro, uh, nod and no surprise. He's at the top of this list. Uh, he has just been absolutely excellent. Um, last great first round pick from Thomas Dimitrov before he left the organization. So really happy to see him rounding into not just a great player, but, quite possibly one of the best at his position. Um, and that is, that's saying a lot. There are a lot of good corners in the league. AJ Terrell is right up there with them. All right. Number two on this list. Um, played 35 to 57 snaps on defense. Uh, Kumbo, Ogundeji. 71.3 overall grade. 72.0 as a tackler. Um, he had one snap in coverage, and uh, apparently that warranted a 76.0 <laughs> overall grade for him. Um, great to see him uh, have, you know, a, a solid game overall. Uh, I did see a few plays where he, he stood out in a good way. So good on Ogandeji Deji for, for delivering on that front. Um, number three on this list, uh, nose tackle Anthony Rush. 23 out of the 57 snaps, graded as a 71.0. Seventy-two point seven in run defense, seventy point eight as in tackling. Um, Rush, I think, is one of those guys where you know the Falcons were churning through players early, you know, early into the mid part of the season, just trying to find guys who were going to do the job and, and get the job done. Um, and you know, Rush has been a guy who's really stepped up. He's getting more snaps now regularly than Tyler Davidson, um, who plays that same position. And I think you can make the case that. This is a guy you count on to be a part of your rotation in 2022. Um, really, just the Falcons' run defense has been much better since they have elevated him from the practice squad and brought him in. Uh, so, great job from from Anthony Rush on, in this game. Uh, number four on this list. Uh, <laughs> this I love when random names show up on these Falcons lists, and I'm looking at them. I'm thinking who in the world is this guy I don't worry Sean Williams who is Sean Williams apparently he's a safety and he played 10 out of the 57 snaps and he did well enough to get a 70.0 um, overall grade 79.4 in tackling 67.6 in coverage which is decent um good on him 10 snaps six of them were in run defense four in coverage um yeah I mean why not? At this point, if you're going to start elevating guys, and obviously he got the elevation because of Eric Harris going on injured reserve, um, why not put those guys in there, man? Let's see how some of these guys can can turn out and, and how they can play. So uh, Sean Williams, number four on this list. Uh, and finally, number five, uh, Mike Pinnell, uh, who another big guy that the Falcons elevated, he got 26 snaps out of the 57 uh, and he graded with a 65.5 overall, 71.1 as a tackler. Uh, so a, a very strong effort from him. All right, let's talk about the guys at the bottom of the list. Little bit frustrating. Um, I think this is one of those things where you have to take the good with the bad. And right now, there's a lot of bad on this Falcons defense. Um, 57 to 57 snaps, bottom of the list, lamb, linebacker, Foye, Lucan. overall grade. Just dreadful. Um, His best grade was a 70.0 for tackling, but 27.3 in run defense, 30.0 in in, uh, coverage. Just an awful game from him overall. Uh, Next up on the list, safety uh, slash cornerback Richie Grant. Nine snaps out of the 57 total. 31.3 overall grade. Um, So again, we're seeing these really low... Uh, again, the, the alarmingly red highlighted grades uh, by PFF for these players. Um, third from the bottom, uh, more fuel for the fire for you guys who are calling for this guy to be traded uh, this offseason. The problem is if he keeps playing like this, I don't know if anyone's going to trade for him. Uh, linebacker Deion Jones played all of the snaps, graded out with a 34.0 and a dreadful 29.8 in coverage. There was a time where Deion Jones was literally... One of the best coverage linebackers in the league. And I don't mean that as an exaggeration. He graded out by PFF as one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. And now he's, he's just, it's bad. It's so bad. Um, Debo is better than this. He's got the, cap, the capacity, the athleticism to be better than this. Um, but it, this was just one of his you know worst games of the year. Um, Fourth up from the list, played 51 of the snaps, uh, safety Jalen Hawkins, 39.3 overall grade, um, 27.6 as a tackler. I think I saw him whiff on some tackles. That's probably what dinged him a good bit. And a 45.5 overall in coverage. Um, Rough game from him. And finally, fifth up from the bottom, linebacker James Vauders played 12 snaps, 40.4 overall grade. All right. Where did some of our key guys uh, on the defense uh, play uh, or land in these scores? Grady Jarrett was at number eight with a 56.1 overall grade. Um, Dante Fowler was at number 11 with 55.4. And interestingly, Darren Hall, who played 13 of the 57 snaps, so he played in that slot corner role, uh, 64.7. He finished six on this list. And um, Darren Hall, I think maybe turning into a guy that you look at for 2022 and you say, can he continue to develop a bigger role on the defense? Um, and you know, honestly, uh, I, I think you have to consider it because he has put in some fairly decent games. Uh, he's, he's not a world beater, but I, I think, you know, for his first year from being a fourth round rookie, uh, this isn't a bad game. This is uh, this is the kind of performance you would take. So Darren Hall, uh, a name to pay attention to through the next three games to see how he finishes the season out, along with some of the other young guys. You know, we, you know, Jalen Hawkins has been really good for large stretches of the season, rough to see him, you know, in the bottom five this week. Uh, same for Richie Grant. Richie Grant has had some you know really good plays as of late, but this was a bad game for him. Let's see how these young guys finish out this season and see what they look like going into 2022. Because obviously, in this Falcons rebuild, these are the names that are going to count the most. These are the names that the Falcons are going to lean on to help uh, restock the, the roster on the defensive side of the ball. And yeah, we, we need them to develop. Because if we whiff on all of these picks in year one, that's going to be a bad way to start this new regime with uh, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. All right, those are the grades coming out of the San Francisco loss, uh, 31-13, uh, Falcons against the 49ers. Falcons, again, dropped the 6-8, uh, effectively out of the playoff race. Not mathematically, but effectively out of the playoff race at this point. All right, guys, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at FalcoholicDW. You can get updates for this podcast, at FalcoholicPod. And, of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. This is Dave Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.